This is a Soulfire production. If you have been uh, listening to this podcast since the beginning, like six years ago now, which is so wild, but if you are an OG listener, you uh, will already be familiar with today's guest, Kate Van Horn. She uh, was a guest on the show multiple times earlier on in its journey when it was more focused on nutrition and health and wellness and all that fun stuff. We connected, well, we became friends years ago. Actually, I don't even remember how. I think probably through blogging. But we became really, really good friends with very similar stories and just a lot in common with our health history in terms of the depression and anxiety and disordered eating. So we became fast friends. And that was all during the time when we were both food blogging and just in the health and wellness space and all that fun stuff. Then, you know, life happened and I think both of us moved and got busy and I was doing whatever I was doing. She was moving a bit and we kind of talked about that in between and we both kind of went on our own personal journeys. And however long later, I remember going to Kate's page and I'm like, oh, whoa, she's like super spiritual now. And obviously it was the same thing for me. So it's just funny how many people I meet who, well, I mean, people I was close with when I was really deep in in health and nutrition who, you know, then maybe we weren't talking as much and then came back together and wound up in a similar space in terms of going from like health and wellness to more spirituality. So it's just a really fun, fun story and just like warms my heart to see Kate so in her flow. Like, oh man, she, she is living really in alignment. And I was just so excited to chat with her today about all of the things that she is up to now. And if you don't already know Kate, she is an intuitive tarot reader, a psychic and mentor to spiritual entrepreneurs. She is a huge mental health advocate and she's always shared her experiences with trauma really openly and also how that has helped open her gifts, which I can relate to so much. She is the person I really go to for all things tarot. I've learned so much just through watching her content and just the depth of knowledge around tarot. It's so impressive. And when I was, you know, learning more about tarot, I was all up in YouTube and reading books uh, to learn about it. And I remember when I started diving more into Kate's content, I was like, whoa, this is next level. Just the way she explains things. And she talks about concepts that I, I haven't found anywhere else really. So she is just my favorite person when it comes to all things tarot, which isn't my expertise. It's a tool that I love to use, but Kate is far more knowledgeable. This is, this is her area of expertise. And so I was super excited to talk about working with the tarot and common misconceptions and how intuition is integrated into that practice and how she opened up her intuitive gifts. So we dive into a lot of really interesting topics. If you've been looking to work with the tarot more, you're into all things spirituality, intuition, opening up your psychic gifts, this is for you. And also, you know, the connection between trauma and mental health and even physical health and intuitive gifts one of my favorite topics to discuss as well. So lots of good stuff in here. If you want to learn more from Kate, you can find her on Instagram at kate.van.horn and also on her website, katevanhorn.com. Kate just has the most grounding, 
warm, loving energy. I adore her so much. And I know that you are going to feel that as well through this episode. So I can't wait for you to listen. Let's go ahead and dive in. Enjoy this conversation with Kate Van Horn. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, will officially be available early 2022. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating, so only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful and appreciative for all of your support. And one of the best ways you can support me during this book launch is by ordering your copies as soon as they become available. As a thank you, I have some really amazing bonuses. If you pre-order the digital copy, the ebook on January 20th, it will be on super sale that day. You will also receive an exclusive guided manifestation meditation that is brand new. And if you order your hard copy on February 2nd, which is the official release date of the hard copy, you will also receive a manifestation activation to go along with that. And if you leave a review, you will get a bonus chapter that goes along with the book. So a lot of really amazing bonuses are available for you. And I'm just so, so excited for this. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on a copy and score these amazing bonus gifts, be sure to sign up for email updates at christinathechannel.com book. That's where you can get all book information, christinathechannel.com book. And again, the dates to remember are going to be January 20th and February 2nd, 2022. So mark your calendars and tell everyone you know, I am so grateful for all of your support and I really cannot wait for you to get your hands on this book. Kate Van Horn, it's so <laughs> great to have you back on the show. <laughs> it's been like three lifetimes. It's been so many lifetimes and I was, I actually don't know. You've been on the show, what, at least three times before? At least three. At least Wow. But in very different circumstances, very different, <laughs> very different circumstances. Um, it's so crazy because we both like started in health and wellness and food and yeah, <laughs> food. And then we kind of like, you didn't talk for a while and then came back and I'm like, Oh shit. She's like full on psychic, like tarot <laughs> reader. I was like, Christine is an intuitive as well. Okay, here we are. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, and I, I want to get into like more of that journey because I, I want to hear more about it. We haven't really had a chance to catch up, but um, before we jump into that, I have a couple of quick questions I like to ask at the beginning just to get to know um, the, you know, the guests a little bit more. Not that people don't know you, but it'll be interesting how many people are OG and are like, Oh shit, Kate's back. You know, yeah, love it. Um, so first, how do you like to start your morning? What's your morning ritual? Mm, well, I just shared with Christina, how I made a big transition and move to Washington state from LA, which climate wise and weather wise has been quite different. So I've been trying to get up and have like bone broth every morning has been like a really new ritual for me because in LA, I just never wanted that cozy thing. So making that, doing some sort of like journaling or meditation, like a quick touch point of myself. Um, and then like 
running kind of, I'd have like a ritual for like protecting my energy that I do after I'm kind of settled in kind of like a, I prefer to do like a brain dump of like all of my thoughts and all of the, like, here's what's on my mind for the day and then protect my energy after I've like cleared that out. Mm, Love that. Yeah. I'm very similar. That's like the first thing I do. It's journal, get it out. And then I go on a walk and then I do all my protection and set everything up for the day. Ready to go. Lovely. All right. So next is what is a product you're really into right now? It could be a food product. It could be a book. It could be skincare, something physical. Let's think. What am I loving lately? I've been on a skincare kick again, just because again, I feel like with the change and transition, my skin went kind of crazy drying out. So, um, I'm always a big fan of like youth to the people. I pretty much use all their products. Mm, Love that. I haven't tried any of their stuff. I love it. I really do. You have a favorite product. Honestly, they're like superfood cleanser. The kale cleanser is like fantastic. I just feel like it glows. It, it makes my skin glow. The kale cleanser. That is on brand for you. The yeah. kale. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Um, okay. Amazing. Next is um, any astrology, human design information. Oh yes. We all love that. Right. Um, okay. So I am a Capricorn sun, Gemini moon, Virgo rising. I have a Capricorn stellium and I'm a six, two generator in human design. So pretty much everything outside of my moon and my rising is in Capricorn. Mm, wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that six, yeah. two generator. Most people, I feel like everybody in my life, not everybody, but most people are either I'm a two, four. So either another two, four, a four, six, a six, two or five, one. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know like, enough about that. I just know that everyone tells me like six, two, it's like really tough for the first 30 years and then it gets better. And I'm like, that is pretty damn accurate. <laughs> yeah. You enter your, your wise, your wise woman phase. You, you are here to share the wisdom. You have deep wisdom through experience that not everybody has. So we are lucky enough to get to learn from you. Um, so makes, makes total sense. Okay. I love that. And then next Last question of this little series is what's a topic you're really into right now? What are you liking to explore, learn about, think about? Yeah. So I've been, I've been learning a lot more about automatic writing, spirit writing, because I've been doing it in my channeling practice for a while, but not really realizing that that's what it was. So I'd say like, um, just generally diving more into the practice and like the specifics of it and how to teach it and share it. Um, Mm -hmm. so I've been, it's funny, like, and I don't know if you relate to this, but when working through intuitive practices and channeling and tools, I feel like I kind of find my own way to it first, like experimenting. And then I work backwards where I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to like teach this information and share it in a more, you know, in a less like flowy way, because I kind of discovered it just in whatever, you know, energy I was in at that time. And then I kind of work backwards to like solidify it. So that's a big uh, research process for me. It's funny. I was just reflecting on that this morning, actually, when I was doing my like meditative spirit guide walk and they were talking about how like, you know, it's so important that different people are are teaching these different things and like just really raising more awareness to help people tap into their own intuition and just get those answers for themselves. At the same time though, like that process of teaching is actually so opposite, like what it is, you know, and that's why it's so hard because like really what I was like talking to them about was like, it took me a long time to realize that with spiritual growth and transformation and really opening up my gifts, it wasn't a matter of how hard I was working. It was like an energy shift that was at the right time and something can change in an instant. 
Like I could wake up one day and everything's different or just, I hear one thing and my whole worldview shifts or I shift one thing energetically and my third eye is just blaring on. And, and I was thinking about that with certain things that I've been stepping into. And I was like, I don't know that I could teach that. Like the best way I can actually teach that is supporting somebody in just their own personal, their own personal work, you know, and Mm -hmm. the other stuff just kind of opens up, you know? And for me, I know a lot of what, how my intuition opened up and my gifts, it wasn't like I was working at it. Like people Mm -hmm. always ask me, how did I start channeling? And I was like, I didn't choose it. I didn't even try. It literally just happened. Like it just started coming through and I don't know how to teach that. And I think part of the issue is sometimes when like with teaching, it's like, well, what are your intentions? Your intentions are so important, you know? And I really believe people who are going through like psychic training with the wrong intentions, you're just opening yourself up to dark stuff, you know? Anyway, it's a whole rant, but I'm sure you can like relate to a, to a level of that. And I don't know if, if you like ever think about that as well with the teaching portion and how it's so difficult to like map it out for people. Exactly. It is really hard. And it does take that's why I like to work backwards. Like I said, like kind of just like find my method or my way and then think about, okay, how can I pull from like a grounded way of teaching this so that it's responsible as well? Like the responsibility of teaching these skills is really important. So like, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot in my business this upcoming year of like looking at my offerings and being like, could we dive deeper? Could we dive deeper? And I think we could, but I, I feel strongly and I'm having, and maybe I will, you know, as I continue on my six, two journey and my wise woman comes out, but I'm like, you know what? I feel confident that this is a safe practice. And that's really important to me. So that's where we'll stop here. And if it's, you know, just, just the beginning for them, that's fine. I'm okay with being the the tarot or the psychic basics, you know, because I think there's something really important about finding security and safety in that channeling process. So yeah. Well, you said like it opens up a lot. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you felt the same way. Like I, the basics are the most important piece and that's your foundation, but where your power really turns on is when you make it your own, you know, and people like, I see this energy healing and people will try and like, there's kind of like a base information I teach people. And then they're asking all these other things I do. And I'm like, but that's like the way I do it. And it's potent for me because it's true for me. And the, like, they're trying to copy my exact process. And it's just not working because it's, it's not authentic for you. So let it come through you, you know, like in, in the way that's authentic for you. And I think like the basics are the most important piece and people jump ahead and they don't have that foundation. And then it's just not working out that great. <laughs> it's not that accurate. Either. Yeah. It's not that accurate. <laughs> and it's, then I, I have yeah. to kind of let people know that too. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not going to be as accurate and I don't know, like we're going in really random directions, but this was another piece that, um, I feel like would kind of tie into what we're sharing. I was thinking about it and I had like, you know, someone kind of consult my business and say like, Hey, I I think what if you made X, Y, Z, your tarot course, a certification. And I was like, no, no, the tarot to me, it didn't feel right. I have no problem with those who choose like, like a certification, but I was like, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that tarot is a practice that was ever meant to be a certificate. And therefore I can't do it. And sure, maybe it would make others feel more secure in their like validity as a student, but I just can't get behind that right now. And anyway, all of this to say, there's a lot of like nuances and like, you know, areas to navigate when it comes to this type of work. And I think it's, I think it's really fun. It's a fun challenge as a business owner um, and a fun challenge as like a healer and space holder too. hundred mm-hmm, percent. Well, it's just, following that authenticity is so key, you know, and 
I, well, I want to get more into like how you got here, you know, because the last time, like, God, I don't trying to think like, when was the last time I saw you? Like we were probably, yeah. I was probably visiting you or something. And I think, you I mean, Philly. yeah, I was in Philly and it was like a totally different life. I mean, both of us were completely different people. It's so weird. And here we are again. And now, now this is what's happening. I hope people listen to those episodes, but I also don't. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they were good. They were good. But, but yeah. So give me like, what, what happened? Like, how did we get here? Um, so last I saw you, I feel like I was you know, good fest Philly had, had happened. I used to own, um, co-own with two partners, a wellness events company that Christina was so kind to come to many events and support it. And it was, um, a really fun experience and journey, but as we were, you know, going through the motions of, of putting together these events, like, I think as business partners, maybe different, you know, um, visions for the future. And just, it was one of our first businesses we had created. So we were, it was trial and error for sure. At that point, around when I saw you, I was preparing to, or was I preparing to move to LA? I no, no, no yeah, okay. So probably, you know, maybe six or eight months later, I went through a pretty large breakup. I'd been with someone for like four to five years at that point and just woke up one day and I had been asking for signs. Like I'd been asking for so many signs to go and my tarot deck was giving me plenty of them, but I, I was ignoring it. And I was on a walk and it was the most direct sign I could have asked for. And I received it. And the next day I woke up and my body was like itching. Like literally I was itching. And I was like, I have to listen to this. Like I have to go. Um, and I, I moved out. I packed up. Like it was a complete blind side to my partner at the time. And I called one of my best friends in LA who I knew from childhood. And, and he was like, we have a room available in our house. Like you can stay here temporarily or, or you know, until you're figuring things out. And I moved the next month across the country from Philly. And so as this is happening, um, I'm still doing good fast. I'm still kind of, you know, blogging and, and working on the previous businesses. But I think having the freedom away from partnership and also a new large city, I just started to dive into particularly tarot first. That was definitely my starting point. Um, and I had already been practicing it for a couple of years, but I was just enthralled and like immersed myself into that. Um, eventually started teaching like movement and yoga and meditation more, doing retreats. So it was kind of a more um, conducive environment to bring my cards out. And it just started to like expand with my client base. And I just felt so much more in alignment. I felt happier. I felt at peace. I felt more myself than I ever had more confident in my voice. And I was like, there's gotta be something here. And oddly enough, it was in March of 2020. And people think like, people think that I started tarot in March of 2020. I just pivoted my entire business when we had the lockdowns. Cause I was like, yeah, the brand deals felt like, you know, I didn't want to make content for brands anymore. I, there were no retreats to travel to cause I had been traveling, leading retreats. And I was like, well, now's the time. And I also realized I was like, I have nothing, not that I have nothing to share. I'm not too sure what to do right now in the circumstances that we're facing. But what I can do is come on Instagram and, <laughs> and pull some cards for people. And I started sharing tarot like religiously every single day and, you know, launched my course during that time. And, um, you know, it's, it's a complicated subject, right? The, the pandemic and such, but it really shifted me and shifted my ability to 
just say, fuck it. I'm going to be myself. And I'm hearing that from a lot of clients as well. Like a lot of people who work with me saying at some point I had to just live more authentically and more in my truth. And now seemed like the right time to do so. So I kind of follow that model myself too. Yeah. I mean, I think it had that, that effect on everybody who was in allowance of a greater shift amidst, Mm -hmm. you know, not fun times. Um, you know, so wow, I mean, it's <laughs> I have so many questions. And why do you think that tarot like resonates so much with you? Like, what is it about tarot in particular that is just like you love so much? Yeah, I think because I've always been fascinated with stories and a really big believer that telling our story is what heals us. That's what healed me, released so much of my you know, experience in the vibration of trauma that I had been holding from a really young age and just the verbal, like articulating our truth and our story was like always kind of the, the premise for my brand and what I'd been trying to, to share with an audience. And tarot is that it's a very, very beautifully designed system of 78 cards. That's following, you know, the fool, which is the, the main character of the tarot and his story or his, hers, they story. And it just, to me, felt very tangible. And it was easy for me to like feel the cards energetically and feel like the the visual, the imagery started to become like a trigger point for my like other Claire's. So like the fact that I could start to feel with like clairsentience into my body because I was holding these cards and flipping them over. And also like Claire audience could come through as a trigger for like when I see particular images, it just started to kind of piece together and make a lot of sense to me. So I, especially, you know, when we started this conversation with all my earth energy, I really like the like almost practical, like tangible object for my channeling. And it's the same reason why now in more of my psychic work, um, I like to write, you know, I need to feel, it needs to feel tactful for me. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I think it's really accessible for for people. um, And I know for me, it was like just cards were one of the best ways for me when it's first opening up my really my intuition and, and trusting that and getting confirmation with what I was what I was hearing. Um, I'm curious about like, you know, which direction do I want to go here? So mm-hmm. some people are I, I will read. I'm not an expert in tarot at all, but I definitely like to use it and I will use it in different ways. And sometimes I go off of like Um, So more of the like traditional descriptions that I've learned and other times I just pull the cards and like, I'm just intuitive with it. And like the meanings that I'm driving have nothing to do with, it's like sometimes opposite what, if I looked up, you know, what it would say, what that card means, what is like, how do you approach tarot? Like, is it more of an intuitive approach? Is it more of like traditional, what the, what the cards mean? How do you approach it? Great question. And like such a good one. Um, it's definitely more intuitive and free flow at this point, but I do believe in having a basis of like the knowledge of the basics because it just kind of supports your practice and gives you also, if you're not feeling as like channeled or tapped in, like it's what I like about it is if, if you're not receiving a ton from a particular card, you still have like a grounded space to begin. And then like the conversation starts to flow from there. So I'd say, you know, a lot of readers that I work with will say like, oh, I kind of just want to go in like free flow. And if you already are very like intuitive and already, you know, use channeling practices or have have kind of done this stuff, I think that's totally fine. If you're picking up tarot for the first time and it's your first ever tool, 
I recommend giving some like nod to the history and tradition because that's going to give you confidence, you know? So I, I think it just depends on when the tool finds you in your mm-hmm. experience. Like if you had told me, Hey Kate, I've never used tarot before. I'd be like, you could pick up a deck of cards and do your thing. Cause you're already kind of further along with like your communication with your spirit guides and stuff. If you are looking for a delicious way to get a natural boost of energy in the morning without caffeine, I know a lot of people listening don't really want any more caffeine, or maybe you are trying to get off caffeine, then I highly recommend getting your hands on Organifi Green Juice. When it comes to keeping your frequency high, living a high vibrational lifestyle, and making manifestation your lifestyle, the ingredients that you consume, the food you put in your body, is a key piece of this. And this is why I am so picky about what I put in and on my body. I drink Organifi Green Juice every single day and I love that it gives me that natural boost of energy without any extra caffeine plus 11 different superfoods that support detoxification of the body and make me feel truly amazing. Before I found green juice, I used to take a bunch of these ingredients in separate powders and it was a pain in my butt and I love having all of this in one simple drink, one scoop, in some water. I don't need a juicer. I used to juice and it honestly made me really cranky because it took so long. So this is quick, easy, and makes me feel incredible. Plus it has everything you need to naturally decalcify your pineal gland and open up your third eye. So like I said, green juice has some of my favorite ingredients like moringa, which is amazing for a natural boost of energy, great for skin health, rich in nine vitamins and minerals. There's ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that is incredible for balancing out our stress hormones. Studies actually show that ashwagandha can support lower body fat and healthy weight management as well. There's also spirulina and chlorella in there. I think we all know how obsessed I am with algae. These are true superfoods that are loaded with micronutrients. Amazing for opening the third eye plus a bunch of other incredible ingredients like beets, turmeric, mint, wheatgrass, lemon, and coconut water. So if you're looking for natural detoxification support that is gentle, you want to get all of your superfoods in in a delicious way, and you're looking for that natural boost of energy, get your hands on green juice. Green juice is great in smoothies as well, but I usually just take it every morning in some water, and I like to add in some coconut milk or some almond milk. It gives it an extra creamy taste, and it tastes like this, like really refreshing, minty, green juice. I don't know how else to describe it, but it tastes so good. And when you add in some coconut milk, it tastes like a shake, like delicious. And it makes me feel amazing. I feel the difference if I don't take it for a few days. So if you want to get your hands on green juice or any of Organifi's other incredible products, I think we all know at this point that I use them all. I'm obsessed. I probably sweat Organifi, smell like Organifi. I'm just, it's it's all I drink. Anyway, you can get 20% off if you use my code CTC. So head to Organifi.com slash CTC, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC to get 20% off your order, whether that is green juice, red juice, harmony, chocolate gold, protein, all the good stuff. Get your hands on it and be sure to tag me on social media so I can see exactly what you got in your order. I was going to ask you, like, do you, do you see the psychic gifts as like, ideally, if somebody was like, should I start developing my psychic gifts first or should I start exploring tarot first? Mm-hmm. Um, and my end goal is I would like to to be well-versed and proficient in, in all of it, right? Yeah. Do you, Where would you say start? Hmm. I think I prefer tarot to start. Mm-hmm. But that was. Awesome. I would say the same thing. I think it's 
it builds confidence. It builds confidence. And I think that it, it gives you also this chance to start to play with shadow and light. Because the thing that's different about tarot is that it doesn't just have like Oracle or angel messages. And there's, I love people ask me all the time, like, are you anti Oracle deck? I'm like, no, not at all. It's just not my tool. Um, I use them in my personal practice, but it's not, it's not my like main thing. But what I think is really nice is this for, for the reasons that we talked about earlier, like as you get into the psychic skills and opening those areas, you don't know what's going to come through necessarily every time. And the tarot is a really nice way to begin getting comfortable with difficult energies because we have things like the devil, we have the ten of swords, we have very dark cards in tarot, which is a lot of the reason why people fear them. But if you are hoping end goal to really go full force into this space, it's a nice way to kind of introduce the uncomfortable spaces too. Oh, totally. Like when I, you know, I have all my cards and people ask me what I use them. And I'm like, Oracle cards, or if I want like uplifting, gentle, like positive energy tarot cards, or if I want to like be called out on my shit and I want the hard truth. (laughs) I see it. You know, so it's like it because you do have those darker cards, but I think there are um a lot of misconceptions around that. I'm curious if you could speak more to like the devil card, the death card, like some of these cards that people fear that they don't necessarily like need need to fear, you know. Um for me, a lot of times when I get the death card, it's like the most beautiful part of my life. I'm releasing, I'm closing something up. So could you speak to some of those those cards uh and some what the meanings really are? Well, what I think, you know, let's go through the three like toughies. We have the devil, which is a card of power and dependency, which we can be addicted to our phones. We can be addicted to receiving compliments. We could be addicted to sex, food, anything. And it's just calling out those dependencies, those crutches, like the parts of us that are out of alignment and are imbalanced. So I think, you know, you must be a really... Uh, not a very self-aware person. If you think you have no dependencies, no things that you rely on, no like spaces of, of toxic behavior, because that's just us as humans. So like kind of removing, especially the religious connection of the word devil and just hearing it as, you know, the less than perfect parts of me, the parts of me that are it like, you know, out of alignment or not in true character. Um, and then as far as cards, like the death card, probably the death card is the one that like students and clients get the most comfortable with the fastest because they realize it's an energy of like Phoenix rising. You know, it's, it's the rebirth time. Um, it's sad with death comes grief. So we are releasing like a chapter that maybe was close to our heart or a person, a place, a behavior, a thing. Um, so it is a walking away, but always for, for the best. Um, and then lastly, the one that I think is the most interesting is the tower card. So the tower is, everyone's like, shit. The tower card feels like my life. Like the energy of my life feels like yeah. the tower card. <laughs> so one of the ways I like to reframe it, and I don't want to like spiritually bypass the reality of this card. It's a, it's the hardest card. This is the one you probably should fear the most because it's unexpected upheaval or change, which change is really uncomfortable. But with it brings a lot of epiphanies. So I think that's where... It's definitely like dark night energy, um, dark night of the soul energy, like really big shadow work that allows us to be wide open to like uh, greater truth and illumination, like illumination of, of that truth. So I like it. I think it's just something that it can't come every week, but when it comes through, it serves a purpose for sure. I 
I've definitely seen that. Uh, yeah, it's not as, I mean, I think that to me, the comfortability with tarot is a, like very much correlates to what is your comfortability with truth and just honesty with yourself, you yeah. know? And I, it's interesting for me when I have a friend or somebody who's new to this and they're just starting with their cards and they're like, I don't like that card. Right. It's like, just your interaction with the yeah. deck, I feel like yeah. is so telling of, of what you have to know and where people are um, kind, kind of avoiding it. Like, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like that draw or like, is it, is it going to be scary? And it's like, are, are you, <laughs> what are you afraid of? You know, yeah. like they're, they're cards. They're pieces um, of paper. <laughs> yeah. They're pieces of paper. But I think this is also connected to like some misunderstandings of what it means or like, like how to use it. And I wanted to talk about like really how to, how to use tarot and like the ways to use tarot. What, it, what is it helpful for? And it, it seems like such a basic question, but I think we could really go somewhere with that. And, um, I think about like, like some of my friends, uh, <laughs> who are like, you can't predict my future. And I'm like, it's, it's not, it's not really, it's, like it's not that. like that. So uh, could you speak to that a little bit? For sure. For sure. So, um, you know, I used to be like, it's a tool for self-care and I'm kind of canceling the word self-care. I'm so over it, um, but it, it is for lack of a better word. It is a, a tool and a space for us to reflect and have conversation with ourselves. Usually conversation that we're avoiding or conversations we wouldn't think to have. Um, and when I say with ourselves, it of course could be with other souls, you know, especially if you're practicing with other people, but, or even with your spirit guides, it's just, it's a communication tool and it, sheds light on a theme or a lesson that's very present in your energy right now. And therefore that's an opening or an invitation to heal. So anytime we get, we pull a card, it's an option to like go even one micro step deeper into our healing process. That's it. And we also, and people don't realize that we have the chance. And I give this example a lot. I used to pull the death card every day before that breakup and before that move across the country. And even to the point where one time I was in the kitchen, I walked into the living room and it was in the middle of the floor. I have no idea why, like it is what it is. Tarot's magic in that way. But it's like, I didn't take, I didn't listen to it until I was ready. We don't have to. And that's the problem with tarot and with these, these, and even with psychic work, it's like, we are offering you invitations and opportunities based on the energy we're seeing. We're trying to get you into like the greatest alignment we can and just kind of show you what we see. And, and that leaves you the opportunity to decide, okay, I'm going to go for it now, or I'll come back to it later. I'm going to avoid it. And I think that's really the reaction that you're, you're noticing with friends of like, oh, I don't like that card because there's something about it that feels very, very sincere or genuine or real to them. And when a card comes out and they're like, wow, that feels, that feels like something I don't feel ready for. That's the first reaction is like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, tarot is this chance to just open really honest communication, particularly with ourselves. And I think that that is a form of like self-love, self-care, uh, self-awareness that we have the chance to strengthen and, and that's really putting healing in practice, I guess, is what I want to say. Mm, yeah. I love that because I think that whole, like that viewpoint of tarot as a, a healing method is something that not many people or that I've heard, I don't know. Uh, I don't hear that many people saying that. And, yeah. and it really is. I mean, I, my deepest healing work has been through honesty with myself yeah. <laughs> and exploring pieces of myself. It's like the shot, it's the real shadow work, you mm -hmm. know? Um, what would you say if somebody like, I've had some people in my life be like, 
I use my cards and it just doesn't rest. It doesn't resonate. I feel like it's just not working. Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, it depends on if there's like resistance from that person. And if it's just not a good energetic fit, I honestly, I struggle to read for my friends at this point, my friends and family know that I'm not really in a space to give them a true reading because our energies are too meshed. We know each other too well. So that's part of it. Um, and if the person is really fearful and putting up like barriers or blocks or some sort of facade, like that makes it tough. I will say that most often people who are like, there's no way that this feels right. This isn't resonating. I tell them to give it some time because I think that they could have that wake up call or that aha moment in a week, in three days. And, uh, cause the energy obviously came through for a reason. And sometimes it is protection to give it a minute and to give it a couple days, weeks, months, um, to settle in. So that's kind of my thoughts there. Yeah, no, I, that's how I feel with like intuitive readings all the time. Like anytime I'm like, just come back to me and yeah, in three months, <laughs> you know, so it, it popped up somewhere, even, even if, even if the reaction was like, no, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like even mm-hmm. if, so how do I describe this? Like, let's say you're like asking around your partner and if you like being with that person and the energy of it, like what you're getting, whether that's intuitively or through the cards is like, yeah, this feels really supportive and your body responds to it. And it's like, no, well, there's your intuition, <laughs> you know, like, so no matter what you're getting, like you're getting the information is how, is how I see it. Exactly. I wonder if you see this too in readings and, and experiences with uh, people is like, I feel like sometimes they'll say that was like, great, but I feel like you just validated all my thoughts. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's the point. point. (laughs) Because if I sat here and told you a bunch of like wild predictions and this and that, like that's setting you up to not feel empowered. Number one, to feel skeptical, to feel anxious about what's happening. So the fact that you came as a stranger and everything that you're experiencing, experiencing was seen and validated that's powerful. That shows the power in them, the energy mm-hmm. that they put out and the vibration they're carrying and the way that it's, you know, really like it's visible, you know, like not literally, but you know, it's there. Like it's, it makes their experience more real and more valid. And I think that's just as powerful as predicting the next time someone gets, you know, this wild opportunity or meets their soulmate or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really think the future prediction stuff is that helpful. Or I mean, accurate, right? Because you can make you the energy can shift. You can I mean, it's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that definitely happens a lot. People are like, I don't know that I learned anything new, but it validated in me. And I'm like, great, that's like the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. And like, when you get that validation, hopefully, it's cultivating that confidence in yourself of like, I actually don't even need somebody outside of myself, right? Like, that's how you. For me, that's actually how I built a lot of my confidence in my own um, psychic experiences and intuitive gifts is like working with other healers and. Yeah. the things it would bring up that I, I already knew, like, there's nothing that anybody was telling me that was new, mm-hmm. but the fact that I'm like, you can't just pull that out of your butt, you know, like, where did that come from? Uh, that developed so much confidence in me where I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I actually don't need to ask somebody else because like, I've got this. I, I get that double check every single time. Exactly. So with that, what, what I would ask is what do you find is like, the most effective way to actually approach the deck and like questions, like mm-hmm. kind of going back to, you know, when I first started working with cards, I was like, how am I going to meet my soulmate? And like, when am I going to get, the-? it was so future oriented. It was like not helpful at all. I was just not going about it with the right energy or the right questions. So 
how would you suggest people uh, like actually approach working with their deck? Like what are effective questions or intentions? Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite questions because you're right. Like, and I've, I've made the same mistakes. I still do sometimes, you know, being mindful of things, a yes or no answer or yes or no question is not what the tarot deck is here for. Um, as well as, you know, the types of things that Christina just rattled off that we've all done. Um, but I'd say like, first off, one of my biggest suggestions is getting to know your deck. And this is going to sound really crazy, but like actually having conversation, asking the deck, what are you here to help me with? What are you, um, because if you're anything like me or Christina, you're probably going to start with one and then you're going to want like 10 more very quickly. You're going to dive into it. Ask your deck, like what area of life they want to talk about or the cards want to talk about what personality they kind of have. If it's going to be lighter or more shadow, if it's going to be more humorous and um, just kind of get a vibe of like, how this tool is meant to be in partnership with you and your intuition. And it's going to feel silly. It's going to feel like you're talking to an object because you are, but what you're actually doing is infusing trust and like a more conversational approach. That's going to be a lot more authentic. It's going to feel less like you're it's, it's like a daunting message and more like a collaboration between you and this object, because that's what it is. It's an extension of your energy and it's taking on your energy. So that's like my first thought. And then from there, building questions like, you know, starting with what you can do in the short term. How can I support myself today? What small step can I take to ground myself today, this week, this month, if you want to work with timing? Um, you could also ask simply, what am, I, what am I meant to look at today? You know, what theme am I meant to look at? Um, anything that really sets you up for like action and reflection and like the next step, because the bottom line is a card's going to present some kind of opportunity or message, but it is really about what you do with it. So anytime you ask like what's present right now, I encourage asking as well, what can I do about it? You know, should I just lean into it? Should I just enjoy it and savor it like the three of cups or should I move past it? Should I set some boundary, have a conversation? Like what's, what's next from this? Mm, yes. Love that. That's super helpful. Cause I, I mean, I do the same thing. I'm usually asking about like, like what, what's going on here versus yeah. like, what am I doing next? Um, I usually do that more like just psychically, but I want to play more of that with, with my tarot cards and yes, they all very much have very different personalities. Um, so, and for me, I feel like that wasn't actually totally apparent until I got more decks and I was like, Oh, this, the vibe of this is so <laughs> different than, than this one. Um, which is, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. What I want to know is what do you feel like are the biggest mistakes people make? Pulling too many cards too quickly, getting kind of like card happy mm. because that's a way of de like deflecting and, uh, not, not staying present with the original message, you know, like we get card happy and, and shuffling happy because we're excited about the practice, but it is something that like taking your time, slowing down, you can't be, there's 78 different lessons throughout the deck. You can't be living in all of them at the exact same time. So like really savoring, especially when you first start, like taking your time to enjoy and experience the energy fully so that you can actually remember it. You know, that's where it goes from like flashcards to like experiencing and being able to speak from a more knowledgeable and like wise space. Um, so yeah, I'd say like just slowing down is what I noticed because, and it's always coming from a place of like an excited golden retriever. Like I got my first deck. I'm, I want to be in into this, 
but it's like really give it the time and the, and the space to like simmer, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's connected to what we were talking about before, because what I notice with people with their psychic gifts is there's this, you know, it's unintentional, but there's a judgment of the message that comes through. Like, it's not good enough. Like that's it. Well, I need it. Yeah. It's too simple. Well, I need another one. Right. It's like, like when your spirit guides are like telling you how much they love you and you're like, okay, great. But what's next? It's like, you're not actually receiving the message. And I think that happens sometimes with like tarot as well, or whatever cards it's like, somebody will pull and they're like, okay, but I already know that. So like, I'm going to keep pulling because I want something I don't know. Well, and it speaks to the problem of like our, our souls and our energy were never meant to have this much stimulation. Yeah. Experiencing right now. Like it was never meant to be this complicated in my opinion, yeah. Um, yeah. but we, it's gotten wild. So yeah, we're used to the constant notifications and this and that, and you're coming back to something as simple as your spirit guide saying, I love you. That should be like more than enough, you know, that should be the most like, um, so it's, yeah, just kind of like calling ourselves out and, and I do it too. Like I start to ego channel on my own sometimes and it's like, whoa, what am I trying to look for? Like, is it, is it already there? I think another point that came to mind when you were sharing that was like, start to find the ways that a message feels authentic, like notice. And it's not to say that the other like channeling or, or downloads, whatever word you want to use wasn't truthful. It's just like, for me, when I'm doing like personal, like connection with my spirit guides. If I start to tear up, I know it's legit. I know like that's my body's way of reacting and saying like, this is it, Kate, you're on something. And it doesn't mean that the previous times I've connected with them or meditated weren't, weren't valid. It just gives me confirmation of like, you're really, really connecting right now. And to find so much peace and gratitude for that. And to be fair, if I did that every single time, it wouldn't have that like magic anymore. So it's, it's, it's important when we're like learning these tools to kind of find our, our different degrees of connection too, and appreciate when we're like fully there versus kind of, you know, just quickly tapping in. Do, do you agree? Or does that make sense? Oh, I totally agree. And that's what I, I always tell people. Like, I think like clairsentience is the most underrated, uh, psychic gift and, but it's the, I think it's the most reliable check. Um, and so, because I find that people sometimes with the clear audience, with the clairvoyance, um, sometimes there's confusion, right? It's like, that was channeled. That was your brain, like, like back and forth. And if you're ever unsure, like your body doesn't let, like, you can't like, you're not going to like fake all these goosebumps in your body. You're not going to fake that. Right. Um, or the tears, right. That happens to me like too, where this just happened to me the other day. And I was just like bawling. My whole body was like, Oh my God. Like when it came through and I'm like, Oh wow. You know? And I, I just, I'm really glad you brought that up because I would say the same thing. Like if you're interacting with, with a deck or any, even a crystal, whatever it is, or you're channeling, like how is your body responding? And mm-hmm. I think that with cards, right. It can be easy to be like, Oh, I'm going to pull some cards really quickly. And I'm still in my mind. I'm like still in my left brain. And I'm like pulling the cards. It's a very different experience than me being in my like intuition and being in my feminine and flowing with it and like working with the deck from a more intuitive space. It's a completely different experience. And that's where it's like involving the body. Right. And, and, you know, working with that clairsentience uh, to me, that would be like a completely different result. Yeah. And, and honestly, this brings us to kind of this point too, and like a little nod to like our history with, with eating disorders and body stuff, because it's like, that is such a surrender. 
to give over, you know, your, your body's reaction and to trust that your body's going to hold and contain whatever this experience is. So yeah, I fully agree. I think clairsentience is super underrated. And I like the way you said that, um, cause we can't force it, but it's truly just like surrender. And that's, yeah. that's really powerful too. Well, I have shared, I mean, quite a bit about kind of how I view a lot of my health struggles now kind of differently. And I would be really curious to hear from you with, with your history, like how you feel like all of that affected is related to your, your psychic gifts. Yeah. I mean, I think I realize now I would never wish trauma on anyone, but, uh, going through some of, of that is I think, and I know the reason why I am intuitive and I, I'm able to say that with confidence. I think that a lot of, I feel very fortunate because I see and work with a lot of people who they're either trauma or like un, un, or like they're not yet harnessed gifts come through as the kind of like toxicity in the body in the sense of like health issues, you know? And I feel like you had more experience with that. Mine really manifested into intense and irrational fear, anxiety, depression. Like I feel like everything kind of went into the mental health space rather than many like physical representations of, of illness or poor health. And I, all this to say, I think that like looking back now, it's because I have this outlet that I don't feel these intense panic attacks anymore. I don't feel as absolutely out of body as I used to, because I have a way of like moving through channeling and like outsourcing all of that energy that previously had just been like, you know, held in, in me. And it began with just like, you know, sharing and expressing and healing for myself personally, but but now even like in the way I protect myself before working with clients and stuff, it's, it's all relevant. It's all about keeping and maintaining like as much purity as we can in the body energetically easier said than done. Right. And it's, it comes with trial and error. It comes with listening and honoring our bodies, noticing the reaction to certain things. Like I've definitely learned my limits now as well. Like I know how many people I can really like hold space for at this point, because it's going to manifest back into like, me regressing back to like that very anxious state or that very nervous kind of, um, old version of me that I, I would prefer to, to stay out of. <laughs> yeah. So much good stuff in there. I mean, it's interesting because I know we definitely like did a podcast a long time ago about mental health stuff because like we both struggled with a lot of that intense depression. And it's funny how it's just funny as I'm thinking about this, like how none of this ever came up. And, you know, for me, I see a lot of the experiences I had, like as a kid with all my phobias and my anxiety, I was like, I was just so open and, and not good energy was, I was seeing a lot of like scary stuff, you know? And I think that like, I feel really passionately about the protection piece and I get people who like to, you know, push back and I'm like, look, you do you, but like there's light and dark and you open yourself up to all of it, you know, the same way it's, it's all within us as well. Um, like, how do you feel with the the protection piece? And like, wh what is your philosophy there with your students? I think it's so important. I think that my biggest issue with it is to keep it is consistency and noticing, okay, this is something I need to be able to commit to every single day to make it work and to, to really start to feel safe in it. And I think that sometimes, and I'm curious what your thoughts are here, the protection mechanisms get too theatrical, especially visually. They start to see too much. And I'm like, streamline it, make it simple, make it feel really, really 
like easy to do and you're going to do it more frequently. You're going to stay committed to it. So that's my only thing about protection is like not overly embellishing it and making it feel like something because I think that the more things we do, like bubbling our energy and this and that and adding and adding layers of protection, it's, it's okay if that works for you, but it also starts to make you feel like this isolated outsider who can't handle things, you mm. know? So, and that's where I had to draw the line with my protection because I noticed myself like adding, cause I thought it made me a better psychic. And I was like, I'm still a human being who can like go to the grocery store without needing to do like a 40 minute <laughs> ritual, you know, yeah. like it kind of, it brought my power back to say, you know what? I think this is enough for my protection. I believe my spirit guides will give me clues if I need more. Um, but yeah, I'd say just finding like that, that thin line of like you kind of defining yourself as this overly sensitive or very open, um, vulnerable person versus like really empowering yourself in your protection. And I hope that makes sense. Cause I know there's going to be someone listening that, that maybe thinks I sound a little, a little jaded with this, but no, I mean, I think it goes back to the, the intention piece, right? If you're setting up protection because you're afraid. I mean, that's different versus like, I feel very confident in myself and I'm setting up protection and like, it shouldn't, if it's, if it's effective, it, you shouldn't need a hundred things, yeah, you know, exactly. like I do protection every morning, every night before I go to sleep. It, I mean, it takes me what, like 10 seconds, you know, it's not like a whole thing and it, it works. It's strong. It's potent. And to me, just like my perspective, it's like the, the clearer I am and the more I work through my own stuff just in, individually. And that makes my energy just more potent, right? Exactly. Like, like my protection is more potent, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't, it definitely doesn't have to be some big thing, but it reminds me of the empath conversation of like people being like, Oh, I'm an empath or clairsentient. So I can't do all of these things. And there's a difference between like knowing your boundaries and what feels good for your body versus like, I'm avoiding life. And I'm a victim to this because like me being an empath and a, like clairsentient is like one of my strongest gifts. And it's like, it's not that I'm never going to go out in a crowd in that crowd, I get a lot of like helpful information on honestly, but I also know like, you know what, after X amount of hours, I'm just tired. So I don't really want to be here. Um, I think that speaks to kind of like what you were saying with your limits. And I think a lot of healers don't think about this. Like I have this conversation with a lot of clients who are just so burnt out because they're doing like, you know, eight or nine sessions a day. And I'm like, at this point, we're not even serving people. Yeah. No, I, I, I cannot imagine doing eight or nine a day. And I've made that mistake before. Like I've read for too many people in a day. I've I've over delivered or over like given or shared too much. But yeah, finding that is key because it's the maintenance piece. Our our energy has, we're like, you know, a gas tank. Like we only have so much fuel. And like learning our our limits and ways to refill is really, really important. And that's what I think about protection is like, like you said, if our energy is potent, the protection should feel effortless in a sense and easy. Like we just put it up and we trust it and we keep moving about, you know, the experience because, and I try not to use the word like light workers and healers, like, but if that's what we are here to do, right. If we're here to share and like provide, um, that type of energy, then we need to be able to go do that work. So finding, finding the way to make it happen is, is important. And if that means doing less, but being able to do it effectively, I'd rather do that. So I, I totally agree. <laughs> well, you know, with that, I'm curious, what do you feel like opened up? I'm sure you get this question all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, you know, my answers I've given, but it's like, what do you feel like really opened up your psychic gifts the most? I think that could be more than one thing. Yeah. I think it went in phases. I think 
I think working through my PTSD and trauma for sexual abuse was a very long journey and was something inner child work, honestly, was is probably my short answer because that came in tandem with that because the trauma was experienced as a kid. And I'd say that like, that was my first experience with like channeling was when I went into meditation to connect with her, my inner child over and over. And it was so uncomfortable and so painful, but to like, keep having that conversation with something that was no longer real, you know, like I didn't actually have someone or a therapist across from me. I had this energy of my, my inner child soul. And so that was the first time I realized that like, there are gifts to this and that felt, and it was totally personal. It was, it was no desire or need to ever share it with other people. And then I'd say the tarot came in and then I started hearing from like my clear audience was probably the most active and I, and it makes you feel kind of crazy, right? A little bit um, when it's first opening. So you're like, I'm hearing, but I had that body response too. Like I remember I received, I had a friend who passed away in college and he came through as a spirit guide and I heard his voice so clearly. And I know my spirit team, and honestly, I haven't heard his voice since, but I know that my spirit team was like, she's not going to believe this unless she recognizes the voice. And I started crying immediately when it came through. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually happening to me. And it's not just me speaking to myself anymore. It's, it's a little bigger than that. And from there, I just started to practice. That's when it started to go from like personal healing to more student. I definitely had a student phase, worked with some mentors and teachers to like try their, you know, kind of approach and um, researched and found some of my own. But yeah, I'd say it just kind of happened mm-hmm. over time. And it was those couple little moments like that inner child meditation sitting on my bedroom floor. And then that one time where I was, um, like actually in Santa Fe, when it happened, when I had that connection with my friend, it just, it spiraled from there. Those moments that just shift, that just shift it. Right. And like, I've had similar moments where it's like, when I think about when things really turned on, it's like, there would just be a single time I was in meditation and like, I heard the loud voice and I was like, Oh, we're on, like we're on, you know, it just like dropped in, um, for you with your Claire audience, do you hear it in your head or do you hear a voice outside or how, how does it come through for you? I hear it within my head, but I, I really only hear it. And I've set this boundary because I hear it when either my hands are moving through tarot or I'm channeling through my writing. And that's kind of a, something I've communicated with my guides that it's going to be helpful to, if that's what we're doing, come through then, because I won't, I won't confuse you for my own brain or own thought. So sure. Do I probably receive little like hits throughout the day, but that's, that's a big part of my protection is like, you know, we're on or we're off like, and setting the the boundary of like, when we're pen to paper, that's when I would love to hear from you. And that's when I'm fully present and can take in all of it. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's like within my head, it's not feeling outside, but it's in very specific circumstances. Yeah. I, I always just like to ask that because I think there are so many misconceptions like with the clairaudience, clairvoyance and like with clairvoyance, most people think, you know, haven't like learned more about it. They think it's like, I'm going to see a hologram and maybe, but more often than not, it's in your mind's eye, you know? Um, so I, I just think those little nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm hearing and I feel like I'm, I can even like feel it right now, like mm-hmm. hearing in the back of my head. Yes. You know, like it's, it's behind my, I'm not hearing it come through this way. Mm-hmm. Like that's the external world that I'm living mm-hmm. in. It's back here that it's like more, more translated and same with the clairvoyance, like center of the head is where I'm like seeing and 
Um, so yeah, it kind of depends on like how, how deep in the layers of the brain you are. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I feel that too. Like I know location. If I, um, if I do hear it, sometimes I hear it outside my ear, it's always on my right side. And it's like this, it's like a loud whisper. Like it sounds like, it sounds like a person is right there. Yeah. Like a loud whisper. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and so, um, I love yeah, it. it's just, it's just funny. And I think that like, I've talked about this before, but it's like the most important bit for me was just my own personal like development work and like mm-hmm. healing. And I think that's, what's hard for me. Sometimes it's like, I can teach different tools and skills, but like, even if you do these practices every day, you still might hit a block or it's just not going to be as accurate when you haven't done all of your like shadow work, inner child healing integration. Like, mm-hmm. was that your experience too? Because for me, it was just like this natural, like open up as I'm focused on myself and my healing and feeling my best in my body. When I made my intention simply to heal and to, to be better as, as myself and to accept and love myself, that's when it started to happen pretty effortlessly. So I think And that's the thing that's really hard is sometimes I'll see, and it's not really our place to like say this to someone, but I'll see like and work with students who I'm like, you're absolutely intuitive, thousand percent. There's a lot of personal work to still do before you're quite ready. And, And this is in my more just like, you know, business responsible perspective to like really hold space for someone. But I, it is not my role to tell you that or to tell you that you can't, but you can kind of tell when like, Hey, you're you're a couple steps ahead of yourself. We got to get back to just like the simple healing, the acceptance, the forgiveness. I think we're all really fat. Like another space that I, I try to slow people down is like, we're really excited to learn about our past lives. I'm like, but the generational trauma within your own family yeah. is a great place to start. <laughs> this life is a great place to start. <laughs> there's plenty here. There's like so much. The way you were raised, the way your parents were raised, I promise there's like years of unpacking just within that. Um, So yeah, I think that for that reason, some people probably think that I say psychic and I speak, sometimes I feel like I'm more so just like conducting therapy, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It it feels more grounded and more, more practical of approach for me. And I think that that's where I'm at right now and how I share it. Yeah, no, I'm totally on the same page. Uh, well, I want to hear from you, um, like how people can, can get started working with you. If they are curious to like dive into tarot more, um, their intuitive gifts, like tell us what's, what's coming up and how they can step into that more. Sure. So obviously I have, you know, different styles of readings and things like that. You can find on my website or on social, um, the two big ways to work together are also my courses. So I have Full Circle, which is an eight-week tarot course and community teaching all about the cards and how to feel confident in reading them for yourself and others. And then my inner healing psychic skills course and spirit writing course begins in January of 2022. It's my first time doing the course, but I've been working on workshops and stuff to develop it. So it's going to be a really fun and intimate, smaller group setting. Amazing. Super exciting. And, And where can everybody connect with you? Awesome. So katevanhorn.com or kate.van.horn on Instagram. Love it. Kate Van Horn. All right. Well, I'm so grateful that we got to do this and catch up. Oh my God. It's been too long since you've been on the show. Um, Yeah. And thank you. Just thank you so much for, for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you, Christina, for everything. I appreciate it. 
huge thank you to Kate for coming on the podcast and having such an incredible open conversation. I'm sure you're going to want to connect with her more and you can do so on Instagram at kate.van.horn or on her website, katevanhorn.com to check out all of her incredible offerings. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to Instagram stories. You can tag me at Christina, the channel and tag at Christina, the channel pod as well. Also tag Kate. And we would love to repost you and say, thank you. I always love seeing when you guys are listening to these episodes and it's a great way to, to share the episode with other people that you love. So thank you so much for doing that. And as always, if this episode was helpful, if this podcast is helpful for you, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It just takes a second and it goes a really long way in supporting the show and all of the time and effort that me and all my guests and the production company put into this podcast. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that extra love and energy exchange. That is going to be it for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of the day. Sending you lots of love. And I will chat with you again next time.